0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. It's alright, I'm alright. All There's a song, I'm alright. I was just singing that. are oh, you? Yeah, Yeah. That's Shack. I mean, yeah. yeah. What? We're going to have a prayer service right after the pray for Cindy. <laughs> for her choice of movies. Which I, I happen to love sure. also. <laughs> so, so anyway, so let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for being with us, for loving us, and for um, just being so faithful. And um, thank you for your sunshine, and thank you for the rain, and thank you for just just being an ever-present help no matter what's going on in this world and, and in our lives. And we give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So, um, I'm kind of excited because... Um, I just kind of. I woke up this morning. Ever sometimes you get like you're getting hammered in some things, and then you your mind starts racing, and you're like, "Oh man, how is this going to work? And how is that going to work out?" And then we get to start thinking, and we get in our head. Yesterday I went and done a horse, and and it's a thoroughbred. I'd never done the horse before, and they couldn't get um, they couldn't get so, anyone to come do it. Usually that's a sign that there's something wrong, you know. And so she's like, "We got to start with the back because you're not going to get the front shoes on." And I'm like, "I trust the horse more than I do people, so like I'll take my chances with the horse." And so I I got the back shoes on, and um, wasn't wasn't easy, but I got them on. Went to the front front foot and and got that on on the on the one of the front feet, and then I started to to the second front foot. And the horse just kind of picked up and I could really kind of feel its energy. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to push it over and just flow with it. So I just went with the horse and then when it stopped, I just released the pressure and backed off. And that horse just went like, oh, you're not going to eat me. (laughs) And it just went like this. And then it cocks its head up and looks over at me like trying to figure out what I am. And she's like, what just happened to my horse? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, I've never seen my horse do that. She's like, this is the hardest to do, the front feet. I don't know what just happened. And, and, and so I picked the foot up, nailed the shoe on, just like it was old Shep. And, and she's like, what did you do to my horse? How did you do that? And I was like, I, all I did was like, when when it wanted to move, I just had the intention I'm going to pick up its foot and I walked up at, like I was going to pick up its foot, and it moved. And when it stopped its feet, I took that pressure off. And I let that horse realize that I wasn't going to kill it. And I said, and this is what I realized, so much time when we get around horses and we get this intention, by golly, I'm going to put that shoe on you. And it's the same thing that predators have, right? They get this instinct, I'm going to eat you, I'm going to take you down, the horse don't know the difference. The horse can hear your heartbeat from four feet away, and when your heart rate gets up and you start beating and it starts going, that, that horse is like like my. Its instinct and its senses are telling it there's something bad getting ready to happen to me, and they quit thinking and they start reacting. And the moment they start reacting, everything just goes downhill. And it was like I was just watching the Kentucky Derby, and there, one of these farriers was getting ready to pitch. you He was. Actually, shoeing one of the the horse that won the Kentucky Derby, they're running the Belmont yesterday, and they said, said the horses. He's keeping the horse's foot low and keeping it quiet. And they said, "Why are you? Why are you, you not know, just jerk that foot up and do it like it's supposed to be, like where it's more comfortable for you?" And he said, "Look, he said, old guy told me told me a long time ago. It's a lot easier. It's like your old truck. It, it goes a lot easier when it's in neutral than when you put it in gear. It's going somewhere." <laughs> and so he's like, "I'm just keeping this horse in neutral," and so. I think so much of the time, we're like that horse, and we go back to, to where we're not, we're not living out of our spirit and, and the promises of God, but we see and feel the pressures of life. We feel the intentions of life. We feel these things coming down on us. And then we start trying to figure out, oh man, how am I going to work through this? How am I going to fix this? What am I going to do? And then we, get, get, we have two responses, really. Like, actually, we have three. We can either run or we can fight. And so you ever, like, see the, those, um, or you got one other, other response, and that's just to give up. And you, you see that a lot of times. is like you get so tired of the fighting. You get so tired of the running that you just got to give up. Say, okay, if you're going to eat me, you're going to eat me. I've done everything I can. I've done all I can do. You see that? Like you see the zebras or the gazelles in the in the Serengeti. Is that what you call it? George isn't here to, for me to ask. Right? Or in the, the savannah, and they're like crossing this river and, or, and fighting the crocodiles. Get past the crocodiles, and a lion jumps on them. And they're tired of running. They're tired of fighting. So they're lay like, down. okay, eat me. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know? And so I think so much of the time we go off of, off of that, off of instinct, and, and let fear dictate our decisions rather than what does God say about this situation? Where is God taking me in this? And, and what is God doing in my life and in my heart? And what can I learn and what can I gain through this? And one of the things I've really been trying to learn in my, whole, in, in my own life was like, like, I don't watch the news no more. But, and the reason I don't—not because I don't like the news—well, I don't like the news. Like, <laughs> like the gospel's good news. But I was working a horse the other day for a young girl, and this horse was just um, <clears throat> doing everything I asked the horse to do. And and um, but when I first start a colt, I'll let them move their feet. In fact, I'll encourage them. I want their energy up. I want them trying. I want them doing stuff. And if they're not doing exactly, and they're not going to do exactly what I want right off the the get go, so I'll just let them move, and then I'll ask a little bit. Oh, I want your foot there, and then I'll let up, and then I'll go around, and then I want your foot there, and then I'll let up, and pretty soon that horse is putting its feet where I want that horse's feet, and it, it's coming around how I want that horse to come around. And and that young girl, she goes, "What did you just do to my horse?" I was like, "People think I'm being mean to their horses, and all I'm doing is getting them quiet." You know, it's like, "How did you do that?" You know. The the key is in freedom. When you have that choice to move, the Bible says, "In Him we live and we move and we have our being." So much of the time, we get get caught up and tied up in this. I got to be perfect all the time, and if I ever make a mistake, then I'm going to hell. Or if the rapture happens, I'm going to be go, I'm going to be stick, stuck here feeding the dogs, or you know, what, whatever else is going on in our heart, instead of just living. And so all all I want to do is let that horse live and figure out, hey, I just want your feet here. I just want you to trust me. And pretty soon that horse will connect with you. And when it connects with you, you have a connection that's not because of dominance and because you're telling it what to do. You have a connection because it trusts you. And it says, you know what? I know my mama told me. My mama once told me. There's another, is that Caddyshack too or is that a different one? (laughs) Anyway, I was like, right, and I was, you're gonna eat me. Like they, these dudes are gonna eat me, and my, all my instincts in there say you're gonna eat me, or something bad's gonna happen. And, and then they feel that pressure, and they feel that intensity. But when you take that away, and you're like, hey, just be a horse, and I'll work with you, and I'll talk with you, and we'll we we'll, we'll live and move, and we'll become one. And with that horse, when you do that, when you actually get to where you can ride it, or get to where you're working it, there there's not a two there. You literally have this connection where it's like you're moving in step with one because you ask for a foot here. And they're like, oh yeah, right here, boom. Or you ask for a foot here, oh yeah, right here, boom. And then then they will go wherever you point them. It can be over tarps. It can be through water. It can be through through letting us get saddles on them and ride them. And, but they have a trust and a confidence to know, i have more faith in you than i do that tarp i have more faith in you than i do this scary thing out here i have faith in you because i trust you and i can depend on you and it's something that happens not from the outside like you can be dominant it like like i grew up my uncles are yours and and um, I, I remember my uncle tying horses' feet up and throwing them down and doing whatever he had to do to get them done. And that was just a cowboy way back then. But I always said, there's got to be a better way. And it drove me to want to learn different ways. Not that they weren't good horsemen. It was just a different way. And I wanted something different from my horse than what they were getting. And that's the same way with ministry, too, or with life. I don't want to bully people. I, I don't want people to think God's a bully that's just demanding, demanding, demanding. I want them to realize that He's a good God. That He wants to love us and He wants to work with us from the inside out. And when we realize that, there's so much freedom that we can get rather than... than um, like, man, we talk about freedom in Christ, but then then we can feel so oppressed... By religion and by our works. Works is from our effort. It's the results of our effort. But fruit is a result of trust and faith. And so I want to bear fruit and not depend on my own works. I find myself trying to depend on my works. Am I the only one who ever does that? You ever like, ah, you know... I got to do this, and I got to do that, and I got to, and then I keep forgetting that, that God's not far off on this big nebulous that's four light years big. You know, He's not on the far end of there, but He's everywhere, including right in me. He's in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. If God be for me, who can be against me? You know, He's not asking that who, by like. like Who's on first base? No, it's not a joke who's on first base. Yeah, good. He's not, not saying, hey, make me a list. I want to know who, right? So I can know who can be against you. Make a list of... No, he's not saying that at all. Or what can be against you? Is it circumstances? Is it obstacles? It, it doesn't matter. He says we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. doesn't matter what it is. And it is life, death, you know, all this other stuff that, that it listed in, in the Bible... If God be for you, who can be against you? Greater is he that's in the universe than he that's in the world, right? Greater is he that that's what? In me, right? I was just looking. I think that's for vacation Bible school. I see this banner and it says spark. And it, and it actually says created in Christ, designed for God's purpose. And I love that because it's saying we are created in Christ. And we're designed for God's purpose. What is that purpose? We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And our purpose is to have communion and relationship with Him. Everything else is just an outflow of that. The only thing that ever matters in our life is our relationship with Him through Jesus. That's it. It says that in, um, we have the small. You've heard me talk about the small. You're like, what's a shema? It's like a, it's like a one of those um, shawls you put over yourself. That's a small, no. But it's a small one. No, it's not. I'm just. That's uh, the shema is, is in Deuteronomy, and it, it, it's Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Here O the Lord is God. He is one. There's one God. There, there's one source. There's one Creator over the entire universe. And he says, love him with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and then love your neighbor, but not yourself. (laughs) What? That's not how we do it, right? (laughs) Love him with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. But if you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. So here's the thing, hurt people hurt people. And so that goes back to our relationship. When we see the Ten Commandments, it's really a cross. When you see it, because it's a work, it's talking about works. We look at it as works trying to get it, and God's given it to us through the cross, saying, "I've given it to you." And what that is is our relationship with Him, and our relationship with people. And what do you get when you do that? You get a cross. So, like the Ten Commandments aren't. Jesus didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled the law, and we're in Him, and because we're in Him, we're filled full. We're not lacking anything, and that's what this Bible and, and the book is trying to tell us in the whole the whole time, and sometimes that we forget it. I had a quote here. It's like, like sometimes we just got to keep moving. Sometimes we just, what do you really believe? Do you really believe it? Um, I wrote this note several years ago, and it's, you do what you believe. Everything else is just religious talk. What do you believe? What When, when everything's not working like you want it to, Maybe everything is working like you want it to. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. What about when the, when when um, when you have a loss or you have a hurt or or your wife gets mad at you? And I know that never happens to anyone. You know. What do you really believe when when the chaos is coming and when things are going? going tur- topsy-turvy. What do you really believe? And I find those are my times where I really get to grow because I get to, to focus on, am I going to live out of my instinct to protect myself and fight and run, or am I going to stand my ground and trust God? So you know something? Here I am, Father. Your promises say this. Your promises say that. Your promises are yes and maybe if you do everything right. Your promises are if we got the right president in office. Our, your promises are if the gas prices are low and the price of oil is down. Your promises are, are you know what? If there's plenty of hay and there's no shortages and there. I'll take care of you then. No. He says his promises are yes and amen. Listen, um, when you need help, the Bible says he's an ever-present help in time of trouble or in time of need. He's our supply. He's our source. He's our everything. And training ourselves to focus on. On him and focus on what he's saying. Going back to that horse in the round pin, that girl was asking me. She's like, "What? Why? What are you doing?" She goes, "Cause you'll, like I'll see you look, and then the horse will step there, and then then you'll just let it move on out." And, and why aren't you like? Why don't you like want to correct it here or correct it there? And, and I said, said because I get what I focus on." I was like, "I ask, and when they do what I want, then I release the pressure." And then the horse gets it. And that's in, in, in the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. He goes, that's what your life's like. He's like, what you focus on is what you get. Where are you placing your attention? What are you looking at? Are you looking at the storms? Are you looking at the bad reports? And it's easy to get a bad report. Like just gassing up at the gas station. Anybody get gas lately? <laughs> Like, you don't even, I'm just like, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. They're like, were are you just here? And I was like, yeah, that was five minutes ago. I just, just come back because I went, got me around the block and back. You know, I got a big truck, right? Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then someone's like, hey, man, these gas prices really stink. How is anybody ever going to make it through this? I'm like, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <laughs> Hear no evil, see no evil, you know. But it doesn't take much, like even if you turn off the news, they hear the bad news. And all that stuff plays into our minds of where we start living out of, well, what if this happens, how am I going to do this? Well, what if that happens, how am I going to do this? And I was thinking, I was I was down because I just, um, some of the um, first crops of hay got rained out, and so there's been a real shortage on hay, and so everyone's panicking, and what I failed to realize was that up to this point, God has provided for those horses uh, out of the blue, and, and and so I've never focused on it. For a moment, I I my mind went, "Oh my gosh, what if I go under? Oh my gosh, I might go under. Oh my gosh, I might go under." And then I thought, "I'm going under." Then I started singing this little song, "I might be going under," and I just started. And then I thought, "What a stupid song." <laughs> What a stupid thought. like, where did that come from? It just started, you know, building up out of me. And then I was like, no, I'm not. God's too big. He's too faithful. He's too good. You know? And here we put so much focus on the stuff that we can lose sight. We're spirits. Everything here one day will pass away. And if we're just hanging on for stuff, if we're just hanging on for money, the only thing that that we're going to be able to take with us is us and other people. Period. Period. If we trust in anything else, we're going to be severely disappointed. That's where I want to put my trust. And so, keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping our eyes uh, on on the goal, and seeing what God wants to do in in our lives above and beyond, beyond all else. And so... So I'm going to go here. Pastor James, are you going to start preaching? I'm kind of trying to. It says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Actually, I want to go up to Philippians. I'm going to start in chapter. Three, verse seven. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing God. I'm gonna go up just a little more so I can give you guys a full picture. Right now, I'm just trying to give you snapshots because I think this is so important for us to realize. Now, by the way, we need. I want to celebrate Sam real quick before I forget. Sam is graduating. Is it? Is it your birthday or your wedding anniversary? <laughs> or even say graduation? He's always graduating from kindergarten. <laughs> and so congratulations, Sam. It's really great. Actually, it's not. It's high school, I think. I told him. I was like, I was third in my graduating class. Everybody's all impressed till they find out there's only two people in it. I'd <laughs> bring the report card home, and my mom and dad would say, is there any A's in report card? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I didn't tell them that the A was in card. And so they never asked to see it, you know. But there was an A on my report card. It just wasn't where I wanted it to be, right? But anyway, congratulations. We're proud of you. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs. Those men who do evil, those mutilizers, mutilators, mutilizers, what's a mutilizer? Mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. What does that say? In cowboy talk? Like, don't put confidence in just your own ability. Don't put your confidence in just what you can do. Because really, what's the point of God sending Jesus? What's the point of God existing if he's like, oh, here you are, you're on this planet, and you're all by yourself, and and you don't have no help, and you're all alone, and it's like, like what's the point? Don't have a relationship, you're just a, a robot, you know? Can I do that? It's like a dance. Or that's more like an Egyptian, like walk like. <laughs> Both of them were dances. Both of them were dances, yeah. But what what's kind of the point? He's like, no, I didn't just put you down here to be alone, and I didn't just put you down here to be a slave and a servant, but I put you down here because you are a son, and I created you with the purpose to have a relationship with me and to move in me. And not put your confidence in your flesh, the flesh that passes away, but put your confidence in me and live out of our spirit. And that's what he what he's talking about. And he says this, Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. He, do, he does like me and looks in the mirror and is like, yeah. I love this house. Good job, God. Thank you. If anyone else thinks... He has reasons to put confidence in the flesh. I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in, rego- in regard to the law of Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was my prophet, I nil- now consider lost for the sake of Christ. You know what he's saying? I made ace. I was a valedictorian of my class. Not only that, I come from a long line of valedictorians. And and we just show up and everything just flows for us, right? He goes, I checked every box. I had everything that you needed. He He was a Jew, but he was also a Roman citizen. Like, he had the best of both worlds. He had more protection than the, most of the Jewish people did at that time. And so he and he, he had studied with some of the greatest rabbis that ever lived. He had it going on. And so here he's telling them, all this stuff I had, I, I had legalistic righteousness to a fault, to a faultless. And then he says, but whatever was to my prophet... I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, uh, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. You know what he's saying? I had everything when he went to buy a new car. Like he had like a 890 credit score. Right. They're like, where do you want it? Like they opened the gates for him when he's like, All right. you know, everything was perfect. A's on his report card. He could go anywhere he wanted. He, he's like, I, I never. He's like, I'm faultless according to legalism. But this is the same dude who was holding the coat of Stephen when they were stoning him. This was the same dude who was trying to kill Christians. Like, this is the dude that wrote this Bible, was murdering, helped murder Christians, believers in Jesus. One called Christians then. And we still got that today. That's why Jesus was so hard. The hardest people he was on was was on religious people. The Bible says we, we have a form of godliness. They have a form of godliness but lack the power where they're in. They don't realize who we are inside. They don't realize what God wants to do in our lives. And so... But Paul's saying, I consider them that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus. Not in works. In him we work and work and work, right? In him we live and have our being. In him we live and move and have our doing, not our doing, our being. You know that's funny. They they got the word human doing. That's what we are. We're human doings. We're human human beings. We're not trying to be. We are. Really, what that's saying is we're we're here on earth, but we're born of the spirit, just like Jesus. And then it. which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship sharing in his sufferings becoming like him in his death time out those weren't his sufferings that wasn't his death he died He never had to come down here and live. He never had to come down here and be born. And he surely didn't have to come down here and die. He did it for us. Those were our sufferings he died for. That was our death that he died. Not his. And so here, I don't just want to share in the sufferings of that death, but I want to give it all to Him and say, here, here's all of me, because He gave all of Him to me. And now, I want to learn to where I can die to myself right now, say, you died for me, now I'll die for you. And now you can live in and through me. Christ in the universe, the hope of glory. Christ in heaven Christ where in me the hope of glory know him in not just in his death but in his resurrection he's alive that's what's so good about this he's alive and i see him he's in this room he's in you and 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 you he's in all of us he's alive That's the power of his resurrection, man. When he was walking, he was one person here on earth. Now he's in millions. He is alive. And he's like, I just want to resurrect in you. I just want to live in you. I just want to touch people through you. But I want you to feel the power of my life and my resurrection in you. My hope is in you, Lord. And he, we're not just in him, but he's in us. Just like Jesus said, Have you seen the Father? You've seen me. That I and the Father are one. He, right? He's saying, I'm in him, and he's in me. He, he said, He's the vine, and we're the branches. We're connected. We're one. We're together. There's no separation. He's like, man, I want to resurrect. God wants to say, hey, and just breathe life into his people like they've never felt it before in spite of what's going on in the world. In spite of the pressure of of all the things that's going around, in spite of the rumors of wars and all this, Jesus said you're always going to have those things. He didn't cut, he didn't, he didn't, but it's about us. In this world, we will have tribulation, so get depressed. <laughs> That's what he said. Just get used to it. Suck it up, boys. He said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have things that don't go your way. He's like, so, so get sad. Have a pity party. Whine and cry. Get you some cheese and some wine with it. Right? Is that what it said? In this world we will have tribulation, but rejoice. Why? Because you have the tribulation or there's tribulations around? No. For I have overcome the world. You know what he's telling us? He's saying our answers are not out there. Our answers are in here. In him and through him. And when we can put our trust and our hope in Him, we know that it's going to work out, right? It says, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. Really, it's our death. And so somehow being able to attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And then it says this, All of us who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Saying you ain't living to be it and try to get it. You are it. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. have great value. You know what I found training horses as I... When I start those colts, they have a whole lot of freedom and move around. But the more finished, we call them finished horses. I just look or just pick up a little rein, and they're just like whoo, right there. You know why? Because they're mature. They're growing. They're like I'd rather be with you than run around and do all the silliness. And they grow, and they're not like they used to be. They've changed. They're a new creation. That's who you are. Amen. So Father, thank you for your word. I just pray for encouragement, and I I know people are 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 getting hammered out there, especially in every aspect going on out there. But I know that you're our supply and you're our source, and you're the one who who meets every need. So Father, I thank you right now. I can just see everyone just just talking to their spouse or talking to their friends, saying, "Wow, I don't even know how God did it, but He just." He just made that work out for me because He loves me and I thank Him so much for it. And so I just thank You for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.